Hey, I'm Mike Kramer of KramerNow.com, and I help entrepreneurs build passive income without expensive software or gurus by building unique digital assets that help others. So today we got a business deal of the day. It's still going on. I just want to help out the students and teachers. So here it is. It's starting last week. Adobe is offering the Creative Cloud, all apps, prepaid subscription at over 60% off, plus the first month free for all students and teachers. So that's now until September 5th. And I use Adobe Creative Cloud and it includes Photoshop, Premiere, Illustrator, like a gazillion programs. There is one also for uh, just photo. If you just want to do Lightshop and Photoshop or Lightroom, sorry, and Photoshop. Uh, but you can get all of them in the whole suite, a bunch of programs you probably will never even use, but it's a bunch of stuff that's extremely useful if you're a content creator. And I use Express for social media posts, Lightroom for my photo editing, and a bunch of other apps, Illustrator for vector graphics. It's fantastic. So uh, today's deep dive is using what I call the matrix method to lead and teach others. So that's something that I think I, uh, I don't know, I guess I coined is the matrix method. There's probably some similar concept out there like it. Quick intro on the topic, leaders must learn what their followers need to hear in order to motivate them. One size fits all leadership is not effective because people are different and need different things to succeed. Leaders must take the time to get to know their followers and find out what makes them tick. They must also be willing to change their message depending on who they're speaking to. Some people need a tough love approach, while others may need more encouragement. The key is to figure out what works best for each individual and use it to motivate them. So that description was actually written by an AI artificial intelligence computer named Jasper. So wow, thanks Jasper. If you're not using Jasper AI to help write your copy, your headlines, your blog posts, or even YouTube scripts, you have to check it out and you'll start spitting out content like a machine. So Jasper AI, formerly known as Jarvis, it's the future of writing. Never have writer's block again. So special offer for my friends and followers. You'll get 10,000 bonus credits when you sign up with my link. I'll put it in the description below. So yeah, I'm a big believer in this type of, of teaching and leadership. It doesn't mean generic forms of motivation and leadership don't work. It just means that personalized is better and can reach all people differently. Or I should say each person differently. <laughs> So the story about Neo and the Oracle, it's from the movie, The Matrix, and it was a trilogy, right? So the, the second movie for The Matrix was supposed to just be two. And the second one was so long that they split it into the movies that we know as number two and number three. But that was originally just one like crazy long movie. So, uh, you know, so there was originally one and two. So in the second movie, like no matter how you look at it, I believe, is when the Oracle told neo that he was not the one he she first told him that he was and then he kind of called her out on it like i thought you said i was the one and she goes well that's what you needed to hear at the time and i always remember that because i just thought that was not only you know a pivotal point in the movie like oh crap we all thought he was the one what's going on but just what that meant for you know like leadership and things like that and just thinking about was that the right thing to do or was that mean you know I just started thinking a million things about that. So I, it reminds me of when I was in tennis in high school. So I played, uh, you know, I was like a second doubles player at best. I, I tried, I enjoyed it, but I was never as good as, you know, some of the top guys there that played what they called first singles. So uh, if you're not familiar with tennis, there's like, you could either have singles, you know, one-on-one -on -one, uh, matches <clears throat> or you'd have doubles, which is, you know, two on two. So 
Uh, I was, and then first, second, you know, they might have had a third string, uh, was kind of the level you were at. If you were first singles, they put the best guys there typically. Also, first doubles, really good guys. And then, so my coach was, you know, I was sitting there waiting. I had played one of my games and I don't remember if I won or lost the first one. And I was just kind of waiting around. And then the coach came up to me and said, Hey, I need you to play a first singles game. And I was like, What are you talking about? I'm not first singles. Like, that's, that's crazy. That's, I can't, I, I can't handle that. I'll lose, you know, forget it. And he's like, no, no, I've been watching the guy. This is what the coach told me. He goes, I've been watching that kid. He, he said he was tired. He's not into it and that I could definitely beat him. So I have no idea to this day if the coach was being honest with me or not, but I believed him and it's exactly what I needed to hear. And I ended up winning that match. So I went in there just believing my coach and thinking, and maybe he was being honest, but you know, either way, it's exactly what I needed to hear. So I don't know if it matters if he kind of made some of that up or elaborated because as a coach, I mean, that's what you need to do. He's looking at me thinking, okay, this guy doesn't believe in himself, this kid, you know, this teenager, that was me. So the coach was like, what do I need to tell this guy to make him believe that he can win? And that's really the coach's job, you know, and I, I, I think it was great that he did it. So it's, you know, some people might think it's deceptive or something, but I really believe in that, like telling people what they need to hear because we all have our self-limiting beliefs and other people see the potential in us. We're really all limitless, just like that other movie. I love movies, by the way, if you can't tell. And uh, limitless, that's really how we all are. So uh, aside from the the crash and burn and the drug addictions. So our, uh, our ma- marching band director, speaking of high school, our marching band director... Uh, taught us the pursuit of excellence. He was a big fan of Vince Lombardi, the uh, you know coach uh, for the Green Bay Packers back in the day, and took the team that was like one of the, I think, the most losing teams in the NFL and brought them to one of the most winning teams in the NFL. And it was the same people. It wasn't like he got, you know, replaced them all. So uh, read up about that guy. It's fascinating. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of great quotes and a lot of inspirational uh, types of speeches and things like that. So... I didn't know when our marching band director would talk about excellence all the time, I didn't even know really what it meant. I mean, we've heard the word, I knew it meant, you know, greatness and all this, but I didn't really understand it, right? I was in high school and our director didn't care if we won or lost the the tournament. He only cared if we did our best. And he kept saying that. And so many of us are like confused, like, what do you mean? We, you know, we'd get yelled at sometimes when we won like state champion or got second in the nation or whatever. And then we'd get praised at times when we lost. And it was really weird at first, but, you know, he would explain it. And it finally sunk in with me. Like, if we went out there and didn't do our best and we just sucked, but we sucked less than everyone else and we ended up winning, like, that's not really something to applaud. Like, sure, you got an award, but you weren't excellent. You weren't in the pursuit of excellence trying to beat your better self from yesterday, you know, or beat your best self from yesterday, I should say. And then times that we did our best, if we lost, we were upset, but he would be appraising us and, and applauding us and saying, awesome job. You got, that was the best you guys ever have performed that, you know, keep it up. Let's beat it next time. And it made us feel better, of course, because now we lost and then he was happy, but it, it sometimes turned into this uh, game almost where we didn't know how we felt because when you're in an ensemble of like 150 odd people or whatever it was, you might know how you did and the people around you, but you didn't really get to see how the other 145 people did out there 
So we don't know. So here you are going, you know, and you're, you meet your friends and you're walking up to hear what he says afterwards and to find out if we did good or bad as an ensemble. And our friends would be like, oh, that sucked. Or, you know, one would say, oh, that was awesome. And the other would say, oh, that sucked. And we're like, oh boy, what's he going to say? So it was just kind of funny, but it, it was a, a good lesson in the pursuit of excellence. And I try, I always remember that and try to live up to that to this day where, you know, I want to be better than I was yesterday. And it's that pursuit of excellence of trying to be great at something, regardless of if we won something or not. Alexa freaky thing just started spinning. So I don't know what it's doing. I just muted it, but it's still thinking things are freaky. I'll probably bust them all with a sledgehammer soon. All right. So one person may need to hear that they're too arrogant, you know, and to tone it down perhaps. And another person may need to hear that they're awesome and they can beat that other tennis uh, competitor, or, you know, and that they should own it and be more confident. So I've seen it happen both ways in the workplace where everybody hearing the same thing doesn't work. And, uh, you know, and sometimes it could work, right? Some generic stuff could work. And then where everyone hearing different things does work. I mean, as long as it's the right message still, that's of course important. So leaders should really be there to enable, empower, and encourage not to discipline, you know, punish or command. Leaders are not rulers, right? We're, we're supposed to lead. So random thought of the day. This is a new uh, addition. I don't know if I have a sound effect for this. Maybe a um, uh, some crickets, right? Random thought of the day. So can we stop releasing balloons for every event, you know, death, tragic death and uh, gathering? It's horrible for nature and our environment. It's just littering. It's disgusting. And it should be a crime. So I hate ranting on podcasts. I'm a very happy, positive person, but I'm really tired of seeing balloon releases everywhere. And it, it just let's just stop, please. Let's everybody stop doing this. That's like the worst thing we can do. So since we spoke, what I've done and learned since the last podcast, so since Tuesday, I didn't realize how fast time flies. It's already Saturday, the 20th today. And so since the last podcast, we drove up to House on the Rock, uh, my wife and I, in Spring Green, Wisconsin. So it's a really cool place built in, I don't know, the 60s or 70s, I think. Super funky, very scenic area. It's the Driftless region where you know there's hills and it's a very beautiful region of Wisconsin and Southwest Wisconsin. And uh, another thing I did was I resumed my real estate license training. So I started in February and never finished. Uh, I want to get licensed, even if it's just to invest in Illinois. It's almost a necessity to invest uh, in Illinois to have your real estate license. And it's a broker license, so by the way. But then uh, I realized all my goals would be easier with my real estate license. So whether it's making extra money, whether it's uh, getting into the investing I talked about, Everything. I mean, this is something I've been thinking about a lot and not just lately, but I have notes I find from journal entries I made in 2006 where I wanted to get into real estate investing, wanted to do real estate. So I had, you know, some friends and family doing it. Uh, I had another friend just started it a couple of years ago. And it's just something I'm like, you know what? Why don't I try it? I know it's a horrible failure rate. Like 95% of agents don't last two years or something. But I feel like I've learned enough other lessons from businesses and enough about lead generation that uh, maybe I'll have some success in real estate. So 
Uh, been thinking about a lot what I need to focus on. I'm close, but it's tough because I have so many interests and, and that's okay. I know a lot of us do. I like to help other people get focused on this because I think I've done a good job from taking a list of 30 odd things that I'm into and getting it down to like one, two or three, depending on how you categorize it. So for example, I do cybersecurity for my day job. I also run an e-commerce store for bass guitars and accessories. And I also teach people like on this podcast, how to find their niche and make money online with affiliate marketing, with course creation and uh, blogging, things like that. So soon I'll be in real estate doing investing and probably doing some retail sales as an agent. I know it seems like way too much, uh, but here's my long-term vision, right? And why I think it's, it's fine. So my cybersecurity career will just be for a few more years, right? It's something that was always exciting. I, it's just I'm ready for the n- new chapter in my life in a, in a few years. Not yet. It's still really awesome right now. So uh, see how that goes. I might change my mind, of course, but great career to get into cybersecurity. If you're techie and you want to get into fighting bad guys and stuff like that, pretty awesome stuff. My e-commerce store is a bit of a long play. So it's building slowly over time that will eventually culminate in a storefront, hopefully, uh, but will be quite active for business model, though I, I do plan on hiring people to help then. And the storefront I know is kind of be like, it, it's almost a horrible business idea. It's just kind of a lifelong dream of mine to do something like that. And then helping people online is more passive income because I can create the content once and just update it as needed. And of course I do things like this podcast and other stuff. But this content will sit around for a while. A lot of it's evergreen content, meaning it's marketing fundamentals and other things that'll help people for years to come. So uh, I can just update it as needed, like my website, and it's easy for me as I'm very technical. So uh, so that one's really not a big deal, especially once I get over creating most of it You know, this year, which I'm doing. So real estate, well, I've been talking about and thinking about since uh, at least 2006. I've been attending events. I've read countless books on it. I joined Bigger Pockets in 2018. And f- after following it for many years before as uh, you know, long-time listener, first-time caller kind of thing. So I research real estate for fun in my spare time. I have for, for years, and it's all I do and think about besides building my online assets like websites and things like that. All right, next up we have from the library. It's my summary of recent pages read from the current book I'm reading, which is Miracle Equation by Hal Elrod, the author of The Miracle Morning. So I'm on, I think it was page 125 right now. I did a few more pages just not long ago. I don't know if I noted the page number, but recently I found myself using some of the methods he teaches in the book, such as the phrase can't change it. It's three words that he says are very powerful because if you're dwelling on something bad that happened, or something that you wish had never happened, just say, can't change it and move on. You know, give it five minutes to punch a wall or a pillow or whatever, probably not a wall, uh, and be mad about it for five minutes, set a timer. And when that timer goes off, just say, can't change it and move on because it's a complete waste of energy, you know, to continue raging about that. So, So near the end of the last few pages that I've read, I understood his overall message, but I'll be honest, some of it was not resonating with me. It started off strong. So I was talking about how if we write down our priorities in order uh, in life, you know, such as family, health, finances, et cetera, then our schedule should be reflecting that. And often it's not. So that's what he was talking about is the 
look at your schedule, right? I totally agree with that. If you're like, example is if your family is your number one priority, does your schedule and calendar reflect that? You know, are you spending 90% of your time then uh, with your family? Usually 90% of your time is spent at work or doing something else. So then that makes that your real first priority, your, your job or your business. They're not in a, an alignment there. So he says that they should be in sync to be fulfilled. You know, they have a fulfilled life. So then he goes on to say, though, that his family is by far number one priority to him as it is for most of us. And but his schedule doesn't reflect or didn't reflect that. So he rearranged the schedule. So he spends time with his family from 6 a.m. to like 8 a.m. or so. And then instead of working till 6 p.m., he said, you know what, I'll just stop at 2 p.m. so I could spend more time with my family as they get home and all that sort of thing. So does anyone else see a problem here? This is even after he admitted spending all of his time prioritizing his success and financial well-being to become a successful speaker and author and make a lot of money. So if we're not there yet, and 99% of us are not, none of us can just say, you know what, I'm going to spend two hours in the morning with my family, just work 8 a.m. till 2 p.m. And you know what, then I'll spend the rest of the day with my family. It sounds nice, but it's impossible unless we first prioritize success and providing for our families. No, but that's a good thing, right? So success in providing for our families so they don't have to ever worry about money. And then later, hopefully not too late, we can spend more time with our families. So there are two main theories on this. And this is not in the book. This is just, you know, in my head. Either weave in your personal priorities throughout your life, right? So you never miss out or regret wanting to do something, uh, something that you care about and regret not having to do it till someday at the risk of not becoming successful, right? Or wealthy, meaning you people that spend their money, go on vacation, see their family all the time, don't work that hard because they're thinking, well, life's short. You never know when your last day is, which is true. And they don't worry about becoming successful because they've woven in their personal priorities with their, you know, their job or whatnot. The other kind of main theory or, you know, that I see on this is focusing first on becoming wealthy and becoming successful so that you can basically retire early and then spend all the time you want with your family. So which one is the right answer? Honestly, I don't know. I believe it has to do more with your personality type. You know, some people are driven to succeed and are very competitive and they're going to just, that's just their nature. They're going to go at it. And then later when they're like 40, they're going to go, oh my gosh, my kids hate me. I better spend more time with my family. They may have some, you know, whatever life event or something that makes them reprioritize things. Other people are, they like being more comfortable and only working the bare minimum to afford the things that they want in life. Now, if I could make a suggestion to my younger self, and this might be a clue at the answer, is whether you invest early or get into debt early in life, the results will be compounded many times over, amplifying your decision to either get into debt or invest early as either good or bad or somewhere in between. So you'll never have as much energy and time as when you're younger. So start striving to become successful very early Hedge your bets, right? So meaning save and invest early, but also start a business or start climbing the corporate ladder early. That means give yourself a promotion and pay raise every few years if you don't get one from your employer by 
finding a new job and stuff like that. So it means failing fast as a business, uh, you know, at a few businesses really to see which one to pursue and then focus on one until you're successful. So I could talk all day about this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts and just find me on YouTube or Instagram and let me know what you think in the comments. Uh, you DM me if you prefer or whatever. I just love to hear your thoughts on it. So next up, we have the time hack of the day. All right. And I will time hack of the day today is I will stage stuff by the stairs so that when I finally need to go up or down the stairs, I can bring all the stuff that I staged all at once instead of making 10 trips. So I do like getting the exercise from the 10 separate trips, but I can't deny this as a time saver. So it's all about batching your work. And this is just another example of batching your work, you know, by staging it at the stairs. So don't do it too long because your people you live with will go crazy that you're piling up stuff by the stairs. Just trust me on that one. Thanks for your time. Let me know what you want to hear next. Links to the books and things that I mentioned are in the description below. Check my website, KramerNow.com, which I'm rewriting now as we speak, adding step-by-step -step guides. And at the bottom, You'll find my links to socials, my podcast books I'm reading, stuff like that. Find me on YouTube. Just search for Mike Kramer Affiliate Marketing. Have a great day and take it easy.